if you get a real fried food or fried cheese, it's this, they just take the glob of cheese and they just drop it straight into the oil. No, no breading. And it just creates this, this delicious fried cheese crust on it. And we get them at the local state fair and they're absolutely amazing. And there's, there's, um, there's a bar near my place that does a honey glazed bacon cheese curd using the same (gasps) technique. And it's the best. I'm not allowed to go to that bar that often. I will spend all of my money on this. <laughs> which is like the worst thing to do because it goes right through you. Your intestines like, this is 90% oil. What the crap am I supposed to do with this? Just slide right through. <laughs> right up back door. like a you have a really successful patreon going on right for uh for your work it is five thousand more percent successful (laughs) that's a word i know how to say than i ever thought it could be and yeah yeah it's (laughs) i still don't believe it i still don't believe it like i go i log into my patreon and i'm like yeah i'm just gonna post this thing that i made and oh look there's like 500 people that are looking at it right now oh boy (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations for one, and also, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was when I started this project, I legit thought I'd get like five, maybe six. This will just be a nice hobby to do on the weekends, All right? Six months later, full time job. <laughs> I, you live in the dream, some would say, but I understand completely. Like, if I had to log, if I had to do anything, knowing that a bunch of people were just voluntarily giving me that much money, I would freak out. <laughs> I would freak out. I was gonna say it's it's living the dream about two to three days a week because the other days of the week you're sitting there screaming internally and sometimes externally. My I usually start my screaming around two PM is kind of it's almost like clockwork at this point. Yeah. So we have an hour to talk to you before the screaming begins. Basically, basically. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> it's just like it's just the existential dread of holy shit, my entire livelihood is can I also can I swear? I should have Oh yes, we sweared I'm not about it. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's it's holy shit, my entire livelihood is dependent on this feature that I'm making actually being liked and appreciated and people don't just hate me immediately and just you know It's like a I mean it's like a one person like bungee development team. Like <laughs> oops sorry we shouldn't let the potions work oops (laughs) so yeah it's it's the community that i have that i have to deal with actually makes it way better because typically when i have like a really bad time i can just like go hop into the verbal company channel and like one time i did that and like six people who they were sitting in their own server but they're also patrons of mine they saw me just sitting in there and they all just raided me so it was just (laughs) join 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 and then just screaming and i'm like my headset volume was too loud because i was listening to music all these people jump in like what's going on (laughs) and it's as stressful as making this game is it's moments like that that really make it worth it because it's like i've made so many friends that i probably wouldn't have made if i had started this I've learned so goddamn much about making games, game developers, video games. I take back like 90% of the things I said about you. 
<laughs> it's not that easy. It is not that easy. <laughs> well, you can just put this feature in. It's not that hard. No, it is. It is. <laughs> Changing the damage die of a single weapon is like a month and a half of work. Because you have to go through all of your tables, and you're going through all of your values, and you're going through all of your special your special weapons and you're going like okay if we change it to this damage diet then this class suddenly can't you know hit their dps that the other dps classes can hit so what are we and that's just oh my god don't get me started we have to oh my god i have to stop i'm sorry welcome to bonus experience i will will snowball (laughs) and there will be no one else talking in this entire podcast it'll just be me panicking let's 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 stop and think of fried cheese for just my mouth is full of fried cheese (laughs) Oh, okay. I'll I'll take it from here. Hey, let's let's do our let's do our thing. Let's do. Uh, oh, welcome to Bonus Experience. We're a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. We are queer women speaking with authority about games, and we swear when one of us isn't currently eating our lunch. I'm I'm well. I have one piece of fried cheese left. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Die mad about it. <laughs> Uh, I'm Monica, mouthful of fried cheese, uh, tabletop role-playing industry professional, um, currently a house gremlin because I have today off, uh, and I have done nothing of value except set up our Discord all day. Which then immediately broke. Yes, it then immediately <laughs> broke, mostly because I didn't know what I was doing. I'm Ray. I work from home all day anyway, and today I did some writing, and then I organized my pantry, and now I'm here talking to Monica and our educational guest. Please introduce yourself, inter- introductional. Oh God! <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> okay, so first of all, uh, let me start by saying that I am the most badass video game player of this century. So, like Dragon Age on Nightmare Mode. Like, okay, I only had to drop the difficulty about nine times to make it through that. <laughs> I'm like. You know that jump in the tutorial in Cuphead? I only had to try five times to do that, not like two minutes like that other guy. And, <laughs> and Dark Souls? Oh my god, I only rage quit that game like twice in the past month, which is a, it's a freaking record, okay? I have, there has been no one who has ever rage quit less than that. <laughs> I say this knowing that I, I have a friend who plays Dark Souls a lot, and I told him to put all of his stats and all of his little point thingies that you get when you level up, all those yeah, point thingies. All his, all his Dark Souls. I, put, I told him, I dare you to beat the game putting that in the most useless stat in the game. And I forget the name of the most useless stat, but he did it, what? and he did it in like six hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's really good at it. He's really good at it. But anyways, um... For real. Uh, my real name is Stacy, but I go by Kitty or formerly Good Game Kitty. I'm like super into video games and, you know, making tabletop games and playing tabletop games and stuff like that, as is obvious by my current profession right now. Oh, man, that is, is still so weird to say that professional game maker. I'm yeah, still getting used to that. Like a year ago, he's literally um, April 14th was our one year anniversary for DN Destiny. That was. Oh, yeah. The exact day that I started and I and I started it at like 10 p.m. at night and I sent a text message to my buddies and I was like, hey guys, you know it's gonna be great? A 5e conversion of 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 you know 5e conversion to do destiny. And they were like, Don't you have work at 7 a.m.? And I was like, Yeah, but I'm gonna get this done tonight. It'll be fine. I'll get it done tonight. And uh-huh. I, I did. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I that story. 
So obviously you are the uh you're the lead designer for the home supplement D and Destiny, which is as you said a fifth edition hack made to fit the uh video the game Destiny world setting. of Destiny. We only have an hour until she starts screaming. Okay, so let's, um, we're down to forty-five minutes at this point. Talk, <laughs> let's talk. Uh, let's talk five E class design. Yeah, um, building a new class is twenty levels of work. Um, what kind of things do you think people should keep in mind while making their own homemade class? Uh, your cornerstone feature. So, especially if you're doing a five E, your cornerstone feature, which is typically it's two features. You'll have a roleplay focused feature and you'll have a combat focused feature. The Roleplay focus features are also referred to as ribbon features, just in case I say that later in the in the podcast. Um, these features should define the class. Your players at level one should already feel like whatever class you're trying to make, if you're trying to make a chef class, they should feel like a chef just with the features they get at level one. And that is how you know you're going to have, you know, a good cornerstone feature and it's go and it should most of the time, it should be a feature that levels up with the player. If you look at even like the Rangers Natural Explorer thing, like they get a bunch of extra stuff at higher levels. It's your their class feature is increased. Their cornerstone feature is being built the more you level up. So, just having a really solid sense of what that class is with just two features is super important and really uh-huh. hard to do. <laughs> yeah, that's really excellent advice. Um, I was actually going to say something really similar because I was going to say this may seem like one-on-one bullshit, but it is crucial to have a strong through line for your class design, which is literally what Kitty just said. <laughs> uh, but but if you're going to homebrew something, like if you are just doing this for fun on your own, um, that's going to make life so much easier for you. It's going to make it easier for your players to pick up and it's going to save you from having to answer extra rules questions. Uh, if you are a paid author, you better have your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> also 20 <laughs> levels yeah 20 levels is a lot of work to just de- define uh <laughs> and ray is typing over the outline so i can't read what <laughs> no, <I'm- laughs> 20 levels is a lot to define and you don't want any dead levels or entries that don't make sense and ray is raising her hand what i'm raising my hand i know what? we're on this tab so <laughs> I-, I wanted to i don't have any i i don't have as much experience doing um like straight up class design in 5e but i have a question about um how do you feel about where do you draw the line between i should make this into a whole new class or i should make this into a featured path for a pre-existing class like do you feel like there's a line you cross at some point where you go okay this stops being a new warlock patron and becomes a whole new thing all right so drawing the line between making a new class and using a 5e base class um it's a, a little bit of personal preference because there's nothing wrong with doing either way. If you want to do a a drunkard class, you know, you could just do monk but reflavor it for your drunk the whole time, but it's literally the same thing. And there's also nothing wrong with taking the monk class and, you know, just replacing the bits that you want to replace and keeping the rest that you want to keep. And there's nothing wrong with starting out an entirely new class. It's, I guess it would come down to how much time you're willing to dedicate to it. Obviously, it's a lot easier and a lot quicker to just reflavor a class. Yeah, just reskin it. Yeah, and it's a, it's, it's a significant investment to make a new class. And one of the reasons we, I mean, 
we have kind of we're kind of a mix between the two with Dungeons and Destiny and how we've approached our classes. We've got a lot of classes that are very new, and we have a lot of classes that aren't that different from the five e five e SRD classes. We lean towards rewriting ours because you know we're a completely different setting we've got things that are unique to the destiny experience that you're not going to find in a swords and sorcery 5e game sort of situation you know we've got scanners we've got infrared technology and we have classes that interact with these things you know we've got the night stalker who can do this focus focus action ability to not appear as a living creature on scanners so a creature that is relying on its scanners to see something like, say, a Vex unit that is missing its eye because someone stabbed it out or something in a previous session. I'm totally not calling out one of my players at this point. <laughs> but So if you got a situation like that, creatures relying on its scanners, that Night Stalker is just going to, all they have to do is just not move. They're just going to be the equivalent of rocks. And that's something that is actually integral to how the class plays. And that's not something you're going to get in a... 5e class so we had to adjust that ourselves that seems like a pretty good segue into our uh next topic which would be that uh, <laughs> something like destiny is a big genre shift from the usual fantasy approach to D D. uh so what would your advice for the kinds of things that a designer or homebrewer can expect to do when translating a fantasy system like 5e to something sci-fi like destiny which some of which you just answered <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna do a lot of rewriting is what you're gonna do you're gonna do a lot of rewriting you gotta rethink your entire approach to setting up encounters because oh locked door well this person they oh they'll have to get a lockpick set no they're just going to because this is a door it's a modern door it's locked with one of those scanner things that detects if there is a body on the other side so it's like you know the like a shipping facility door have you ever seen those things on top of it uh, I have done a lot of research into modern technology. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but I believe that it exists. I don't know enough about it to dispute it. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's go. Let's go with something really that everyone should know. You're robbing a museum. There's okay. a laser grid. You know. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you for dumbing it down for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone should know this because this is, you know, it's it's in all the movies and everything. There's not a whole lot of movies about blowing smoke over the detectors on the inside of doors that only open one way when they detect right. the body on the inside of it to trick the detector into thinking and so on and so forth so lasers but yeah you're, lasers. <laughs> you're you're shifting your entire view of how to even set up a basic trap for players because mm. they're gonna have tablet computers they're gonna have surveillance drones they're gonna have infrared sight and these are things that can get around a lot of the typical problems you see in a swords and sorcery like oh I can totally see that bear trap there because I have a metal detector, right? <laughs> you know? So it's just, it's, you're going to be spending a lot of time uh, researching modern technology to start because you have to know where we are now to hypothesize where we could be in a future sci-fi setting. Right. And then yeah. you're going to be just spending a lot of time trying to break out of old habits of, you know, oh, the door closed behind them. Well, all right. So we got, we got a, we got a freaking tech wizard over here who can just hack the door and open it open it, open it up again yeah just, you know plug your ghost into it and then it just stand yeah in front you of your ghost for a couple your, seconds and a couple seconds three waves of enemies you know how it goes yeah a couple of rounds of combat <laughs> um, I, I wonder if it wouldn't be a different question to ask like how do you keep yourself from reinventing the wheel when you go from a setting based system like you know D D 5e into 
you know, trying to make a, a destiny hack for it. How do oh, you keep yeah. yourself from recreating things that don't necessarily need to be like completely rewritten, maybe just need to be reskinned? That is, I'd say half the feedback we get is stuff concerning that. It's things like, um, we did this whole multi-part mechanic system that is going to be an optional rule. It was a rule baked into the game when we first started, but now it's going to be an optional rule in our Game Master's Guide. And the multi-part mechanic system that we had come up with, it was it started out based off of the Angry GM's multi-part monster system. Oh, yeah, I love his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's great. <laughs> he speaks to my soul, especially with just how angry he gets at some things. He's just so ooh, fucking angry. <laughs> right? And we had made a whole bunch of stuff and thrown in some video game sort of flavors to it. But as we were testing it, we were sort of realizing that it worked and it was fun and players did like engaging with it. But one question we constantly got all the time was from GMs who were saying, how do I tell my players that this multi-part exists on this new monster like mm. is it a is it an intelligence check um do i just wait until they decide to shoot it and so on and so forth and then when you have players that already know the multi-part mechanics of a monster the effective cr of the monster gets dropped very quickly <laughs> right because once you know, okay, you shoot this, then you shoot that, or you attack this, and then you attack that, and you get him to shove his own sword up his behind or something. Once you know the steps, you can go through it really fast. And it's it turns every monster into kind of the same combat loop, and you want to keep it different. So we're going over our feedback, and we're listening to a lot of feedback about our GMs that are saying, it's cool and all, but it's just not really something that has long-term value to it. So... It was kind of a, a, a situation of trying to reinvent monsters when we didn't need to. When we realized what we needed to do was just tell GMs if you wanted to do a multi-part mechanic, you know, something that would fit Destiny if you wanted to do something like you're fighting a fallen walker. Here's kind that of was the actually steps exactly what I thought of. <laughs> yeah. You're fighting a fallen walker. Here's kind of the steps you can implement. And the stats of the monster were hell to try to calculate going by the multi-part mechanic, uh, multi-part mechanics, especially what we had for walkers, because, you know, the, the weak point is the brain, right? Yeah. And, like, this is a this is a walking tank. It's got a, you know, massive AC, huge hit point pool, except if you pop the legs and then shoot the brain, and then its hit points is only, like, 50 at that point. So how do you... Had it's it had two CRs basically. One CR was if players had no idea what the multi-part mechanics were, and if players knew what the multi-part multi-part mechanics were, and they were completely different and just not worth the hassle of trying to redo Five E's monster system to fit. So mm -hmm. they just had to it just had to be moved over and put in as optional rules. So I'd say TLDR <laughs> feedback <laughs> will keep you it will if you're listening to your feedback and you're taking it to heart and you're, you know, actually paying attention to not just what your players are saying, but how they're reacting to all of their things. Because they're they're only going to tell you like 50% of what they're actually, of what's actually going through their head. I sit in on sessions and I, I listen to the people going through their tests and everything. And I listen to them talk about their characters and what they're trying to do and what the GM's trying to do. And half of the things I notice during play don't get brought up during our feedback at the end of the session. But I, you know, notice them, so I write them down. Right, because the the players may not necessarily have the language to describe it, or they may not even realize what the source yeah, is. Or yeah, um, I don't really have too much more to to 
ad. <laughs> um, that was really good. Thank you. Yeah, it was really good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really it's really an accomplishment because I'm a fucking mouthy know-it-all. Um, and usually I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, build, to add on to that, I think. I think. Um, <laughs> Go add made Monica speechless. Charlie no, you didn't make me speechless. Don't give yourself that much credit. I actually, I think a game, the structure of the way D and D works with like its encounter setup and the way classes work and stuff like that, um, is really excellently suited to something that's a little on the action RPG shooter scale, like Destiny. Um, uh, it may even be better for it than it is for fantasy, in air quotes, whatever the fuck that really means. So really the core of my point, I, and really kind of the, the core of Kitty's point too, is how much work are you, generally you, willing to put into doing things like writing all new weapon tables, converting damage types, changing other mechanical assumptions like like the door thing? Um, do you just simply reskin magic items into technology? Do you keep both, especially in a setting like Destiny, which has that like magitech kind of feel to it? Um, it's really sort of a, what are you willing to just sort of rewrite as, well, this, it, this is just a monk, but it's something else. We'll ju- we're just going to reskin it and call flurry of blows rapid fire instead or whatever. Uh, <laughs> or like, are you willing to redo it? And I think that is a question for you as the person writing the game and what and how you're writing it for. Like if you're just, <laughs> what would you at home do? What would you at home? <laughs> but like, I think there's a big difference between if you were pr- creating a conversion for public consumption um mm. even if it's even if it is a fan-made product that you are going to make a nice pdf of and put out for free as like hey i really love this and i made it like this like dn destiny um or if it is something that you are just doing for the six people you play with on tuesday you know <laughs> like oh yeah yeah definitely. what you do for your home group because we our show addresses both people who are professionals, people who want to create a product and people who are just doing this for fun. If you're just doing this for fun, there's no obligation to do all that work if you don't have to. (laughs) Don't even. (laughs) It's not fun. Don't do it. (laughs) If you you get two hours into it and you're happy where it is, good, stop. Stop. (laughs) I'm going to raise my hand and ask that we move our mid-episode break up here since we're about midway through the episode. All right, sure, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> Kitty, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you like in the Matrix. Okay. Now her mouth's all glued shut. All right. That's creepy. I probably shouldn't that is, do that. To that's my guy. that's weird. BXP in the mid episode break room are brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing. Uh, bing. Become a BXP patron. Even three dollars a month gives you access to our outlet. <laughs> <laughs> No! Stop! No! No! You stop writing on the outline! You No, you're silent now! Become a BXP patron! Even $3 a month gets you access to our outline. A mini episode of bonus content every month, a really sassy guest, and an actual play. Mini bonus content goes up twice a month. Also, all patrons can now be members of our Discord. We got a Discord. Did you hear? Monica broke it. very temporarily and then i fixed it uh (laughs) if you'd rather support bxp without messing up our outline and committing to monthly payments you can still buy a coffee at uh ko-fi.com slash is it bxp cast fuck (laughs) i still haven't looked it up what's my own goddamn coffee okay i think it's all right well is it bonus sex p cast 
I think it's okay. bonus XP cast. But if it's you look for not. bonus experience, you'll find oh, us. Um, you can also buy our stuff, including products made by our guests. You can also check out our merch page, which has t-shirts, mugs, phone cases, notebooks, and more. Treat yourself to something cool and support us while doing it. BXPcast.com slash BXP swag. If you like BXP, you'll love this misdirected Mark show, Bone, Stone, and Obsidian. Wayne and Robert take monthly deep dives into the dark sun setting and discuss it across all editions of D&D. And now back to our show. Okay. We can okay. unmute her now. All right, cool. Okay, welcome back. Um, before before we go on, can can I say just one thing for my patrons who will most likely be listening to this episode? It's something very important to them. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. First of all, I love you guys. Second of all, page 11. All right, we can keep going now. Okay. Okay. It's very mysterious. Mm. Don't worry about it. Is this an okay. ARG? Are we in an ARG? You have to you tell me. Be. Legally, you have to tell um, me if we're in an ARG. Wait, do I? Don't. Okay, I'm, I'm going to check with our lawyer and get back to you. Um, so <laughs> what kind of challenges did you face designing from a video game to a tabletop game? I got really excited for this question because every time I think about playing a Destiny role-playing game, like, on the table, I get all hung up on the respawn mechanic. <laughs> so, let's so, talk. <laughs> our respawn mechanic is very straightforward. If you fall to zero hit points, so zero health and zero shields. So, that's a whole other thing. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to ramble. So, you fall to zero hit points. You die. This death is temporary and can be reversed by ghost resurrection. And that's also... Yes. How we have it set up, it was actually, I can't remember how quickly this got implemented. It was something I kind of figured was just going to get used and that it hasn't really been changed since. But it's just, you have a number of hit die, right? Yeah. Well, if you're a guardian, you can spend one hit die to resurrect yourself. And then you get your hit die back when you complete rests and so on and so forth. So it's just, it's a resource that's already in the game. You fall to zero hit points, uh, your ghost, w- if your ghost isn't dead, it can just capture your light and then resurrect you, and that costs one hit die. So now going through the rest of, say, the strike or the raid, you're in, you have one less hit die. At first level, that's a big deal. You're still a baby guardian. You're still getting used to things. If you die again after that, you're not strong enough to come back again. But if you're a 20th level guardian, you know, you'll probably end up dying 10 times before you even get to the coffee shop in the morning, but that's fine. That's just life. I'm doing I'm doing like the 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 hippie with his mind blown, like shaking my head like Carl Sagan. Whatever. You tied it to hit dice. That's great. I can't believe I didn't fucking think of that. I mean tying it to hit dice is really smart. Um that so But now I'm thinking about a level 20 destiny that's like, okay, I've got 20 hit die, I'm just gonna throw myself off the tower for fun. Wee! That's fine too, because in um we have the I'm different dark sociopath. Hooray! Basically, uh, we have the different dark zones. We have a light zone. Basically, the tower is your typical light zone, right? You can just throw yeah. yourself off, and the ghost can resurrect you. And we have a new type of rest in the game that's called a brief rest. It's five minutes. If your ghost spends a brief rest in a light zone, it gets all your hit die back. So you can still die infinitely at level one at the tower if you want to. But once you go into, say, Oryx's Ascendant Realm, you're an oppressive darkness zone. No matter how many hit die you have, you can't be revived. 
there is just so much darkness here. Your ghost has to physically get you out of there. It has to capture your light and fly the fuck out and get somewhere where it can actually do a revival to revive you. So this one time, like, seven years ago, I did a conversion for Powered by the Apocalypse for a shooter game I really like. Oh, yeah, what uh, what was that called? What was that called? It was called No Rust for the Wicked, and it was a conversion yeah. of Borderlands. For Bumpus, uh, Bumpus League? For Bumpus League, yeah. And I'm going to bring it up, and now everybody and their brother's going to bother me about not finishing the extra classes I said I was going to write again. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, that also has a respawn mechanic. Um, right, it doesn't, yeah. Right. It doesn't use 5e. It uses Powered by the Apocalypse. And in Borderlands, you can just respawn indefinitely, even if you've run out of money. <laughs> uh, so you just What? Do you just, like... I've never, had, I've never gotten to that point, so I don't oh, know Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very hard to get to that point. Um, okay. And I've never, I've never gotten there either. But like my friends who would then like play the raid bosses, and I just don't enjoy raiding at all. So I was really annoyed when high level Borderlands basically just became raiding. Um, but anyway, uh, they were like, "Yeah, you can, you can throw yourself against this raid boss over and over again." And it turns out you can, in fact, run out of money and continue to respawn. It just takes a percentage of zero, which is zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so once you reach zero, like so there that are there is actually an in-game thing where like you can run out of money and, and continue to respawn. So the consequence of respawning is actually a move. Um and it's when you roll your respawn, you just roll, which doesn't involve a stat. And depending on what happens, you either wind up in an inconvenient location, you lose money, um, or you get attacked on your way back. Um, you can't actually fail to respawn, but really bad things can happen when you pop out. <laughs> or you can wind up being like, I'm halfway across the map, what the fuck? Which is actually something that can actually happen in-game. <laughs> so I, might I, steal that, uh, I might steal that roll to respawn idea for a cursed item. Okay. <laughs> just go, keep, for go it. ahead. Keep going. I'm just Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go for it. Um in fact, while I'm I'm nattering, I probably can pull up the move and tell you. But I think when you're converting a video game to a tabletop game, that is all about capturing the right game feel. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you should go listen to our episode, Tone Scope and Power Scale, right now. Go, go, go. Pause the episode. Go, listen to it. Come back. Are you back? Okay. As a human being, you can't possibly do all the complex math required to say get exactly the same loot drops or simulate the same game world physics that you can in a video game. But you can use dice and probability and narrative structures to create the same feeling. Yeah. Like the chance to respawn halfway across the map. Right. You're like, ah! This, this is a word I actually know. I'm not actually formally trained on making video games. I did go to college and I did take programming classes. I just never got the degree. So I technically oh. can't say I'm formally trained on it. But but this is a word I actually know. Mm -hmm. Aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dropping that one. That's a good but one. Yes. Capturing the aesthetic of the game that you're trying to translate is super important because you will never capture the exact mechanics, okay? You will never get that. It's video game, computer, tabletop, pencil, and paper. They're not the same. <laughs> you're never going yeah. to recreate the Mona Lisa with charcoal because it's charcoal. Yeah, you're... However, you can capture the values of the painting. You can capture that sort of solemn look or like vaguely happy look she has, depending on your interpretation of it. So capturing the aesthetic of the Mona Lisa is going to be your goal. 
Yeah, you 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 are a human. You're not a computer. You your brain is not a spreadsheet. You can't actually import you also all those numbers. Like an entire like triple A development team, right? With God, a million dollar wish. budget, you just <laughs> I'm just one man. So I, I found I found the respawn move and I pulled it up so I can read you the actual text. The, the yeah, name okay. of the move is respawn, which is one of the things the respawn thing will yell at you when you when you pop back out. <laughs> when you reach zero health and fail to fight for your life, which is another move, roll with no modifier. On a 10+, plus, if not already defined, the new year station is in, a, is in a convenient distance and nothing attacks you while you regroup. On a 7 to 9, pick 1. 1, it's a convenient distance away. 2, nothing attacks you on your way back. 3, you don't leave anything behind. On a miss, you respawn, but the GM decides what happens. <sighs> You respond. Yeah, that's cool. As heck. Naked. <laughs> that's cool. Covered as heck. in honey. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. This is actually my job. Everyone's <laughs> <laughs> job here. <laughs> You're not. It's still so surreal. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, so, what uh, what genres or stories do we think are best suited for five E conversions as opposed to any other system we could pull from? Mm. Okay, so this one, it might be a little too personal for me, but generally whenever I go and post about Dungeons and Destiny, I inevitably get like three or four comments that's all like, 5e is such a shitty system to do this in, why would you do this? Why not use XYZ system? I was like, on one hand, I'm very happy that you are very passionate about something other than 5e. 5e is not like, just because it's popular doesn't mean it is the best. There are plenty of things that 5e can stand to improve on, and there are plenty of other perfectly amazing other systems out there. I've played a few of them. However, I feel like um, it's, 5e gets a lot of unnecessary flack for the way that it's set up, to be honest. It's not that, it's not as rigidly structured on combat as people seem to think it is. Like, it do, definitely when you look at, like, and I've fucking pulled these classes apart at the seam, and I could tell you all th- almost everything about 5e classes, and I think I found a couple mistakes by Wizards of the Coast, but I don't want to, like, say anything because they probably know better than me and probably intentional mistakes in there, but... Let me tell you, no. No, those mistakes are not intentional. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been on the back end plenty of times? Those mistakes are mistakes, just telling you. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) I don't know, but there there is plenty of mechanics and there is plenty in 5e that just makes running combat very smooth and simple and easy. And that doesn't mean it is only for heavy combat systems, though. Because, like, I have a group that I've been playing with for three years now. We don't even roll initiative anymore. We barely get into combat encounters. 90% of the time, we're sitting there role-playing with each other, and then occasionally it'll be like, okay, so we actually have to break up the dice for this because you two are equally matched, and we can't, you know, just role-play this out. We're going to leave it to the dice. And if you look at things like the Adventure Zone and Critical Role and stuff like this, you see that there is so much it's easier to take things out of a game than to put things into a game and if you have a game that doesn't have a robust combat system like yeah i can have the best role play system in the world but when you get to combat and you're floundering about that it's it's easier to ignore the combat in 5e and then you just have that to fall back on when you need it i want to i want to make it clear that we are not asking this to put you on the spot about your your oh, no. system choice uh and that it's actually if anything it's for for our own listeners because uh monica and i tend to go hog wild on uh powered by the apocalypse system and you know fate 
or Forged in the Dark. And we oh. we kind of use 5e really just to run Dungeons and Dragons. And I think it's interesting to have that 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 second voice, especially with our series, because we tend to kind of gloss over 5e. And you're absolutely right. It's got a really crunchy combat system and it's much easier to just take out the stuff you don't use than it is to add a whole new system. Also, you're, you're right. It's very popular, which means that a lot of people who are listening to our show looking for advice for what to do are going to look at it to do just about anything. Not every system can do everything. So, like, we're asking this question for you to teach people, like, what, what to do. <laughs> Usually I'm the hater who's like, why are you using 5e for this? But Destiny is not the answer. Like, this is not where I would be like, you're like, I want to make a 5e hack and I'm going to do it for Destiny. And that is not where I would be like, don't use 5e for that. What the fuck is wrong with you? In fact, there I would be like, yes, excellent choice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, need, you need a crunchy combat system. I think if you follow Stacy's advice that she's given through this whole show, you could probably make a really good fifth edition con- conversion for just about anything. Go forth and hack. Yes. My my final my final advice. Just don't fuck just don't do it. Oh my god, it's so much work. It's so much work. Oh my god. Oh my god. I thought this would be like a weekend project. I'd get it done in like six months, maybe eight months. It's a year later. We've missed all of our deadlines. <laughs> the community thank fuck for the community and them being so understanding with this. I do I do feel like though that um what I've learned over this past year and just all the trial and error, all the feedback that I've gotten playing the game of fuck ton, GMing the game of fuck ton, it's really turned into a much better game than I thought it was going to be or could even possibly have been when I started out though. So like we're we're doing that right. It's it's great. I'm sorry. It's mine. It's my baby. It's my dumpster fire. It's my dumpster fire, you jerks. I put my heart and soul in- as kindling into this, and it's perfect. <laughs> I was just going to give a really big shout out to my team, who are absolutely amazing, and I don't think I could have asked for better people to be working with, and especially with recently things that have just been hitting the fan and all that stuff, like getting support not only from my community, but from my team saying, like, you know, it's it's okay for things not to be okay right now, and we can just work together and figure this out. That's just been absolutely the best. And I don't know how to fully articul- articulate how thankful I am for each and every one of them. It's just been everything from just handling the Twitter account, from doing, you know, the tweets, and then our helping out with doing our um, April Fool's prank, which... <laughs> That was a thing that happened. Um, <laughs> for uh, for April Fools, we did a thing where it was like we said we got a partnership with Sony. We're now a Sony exclusive. Oh God! <laughs> we're tabletop, and we said we were a Sony exclusive, and just I being able to hang now. out and hang out and just just shooting the shit in the production server and just seeing the community's response to that and just it's you know. It's everything. It's helping out with the tables. It's helping out with monster design. It's helping out with running games. It's so much. They do so much work and they help out so much and I owe them so much. I wish I could do more for them. <laughs> and yeah, this has gone on too long. I'm a well, sap. Well, I gotta I, go. <laughs> I'll put this in there and it will be immortalized on our tiny little podcast. <laughs> well, thank you very much for sharing your your heart and soul fire with us. Yeah. Uh, that sounded really cool. It sounded really cool. Damn. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us. I know it was um, sort of fraught with peril. 
um, getting to this point. Um, oh, and yeah. I, I hope, I hope shit starts to even out for you. And um, also, uh, thank you so much for making time to come talk to us. It was really awesome. I'd really been looking forward to it because I, I love that you're out there fucking making this thing. It's like the perfect Venn diagram intersection of two things I really love. <laughs> <laughs> you should, you should hop over. You sh- I should. You should hop over and play a couple games. Is I'm probably do. gonna come and like find out how to get on your Discord and just bother you. But yeah, we can get you modules to play too. I'm gonna have to uh, stay in contact. But for now, I need to, we need to wrap up the podcast the way we traditionally yeah, it's, wrap it's, up the podcast. We're past the screaming hour, so we need to live give Stacy time to go scream. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. I'm gonna mute you again. I, I have yeah, I'm twelve <laughs> minutes behind. I'm twelve minutes behind on my overdue, screaming. Overdue for screaming. Mute her so she can scream, and we'll we'll wrap up okay. the show. I'm muting you. Go All scream. Right, go scream. Okay. She's okay. <laughs> yep she's screaming on her outline okay uh she's scream at own ass um <laughs> uh you can find more of the show at bxpcast.com part of the misdirected mark network you can do the thing where you ask me the questions yeah. monica where can they find our podcast on the internet uh do you want me to start over from the beginning <laughs> is that how i do it <laughs> monica where can they find us on twitter uh they can find us at bonus expcast where can they email us if you want to shoot us an email uh tell us whether or not you agree or disagree with all these excellent points we will ignore you if you disagree uh you can send us an email at bonusexpcast at gmail.com uh you can also just like send us cool pictures of your pets tell us how awesome we are share some stories uh and you know provide feedback and you could you know scream at scream at own ass scream at your own butt i don't i don't care hey monica i heard a rumor that you're on twitter uh i am you're getting all Umbrella Academy on me here? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I, you can... Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I read, I read the comics recently. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. we can talk about that later. Uh, I am at Zenith Sun. Well, I'm at rate underscore Cole. Still got that underscore. Yep. Have it and you pry it out of my cold, dead hands. Uh, I think you should unmute our guest so she can tell the people where they can find her stuff. Oh, right. Oh right! Oh hello, Kitty. Where can they Hi. find your stuff? Um, you can find us on our website dndestiny dot no com. That's end like the letter N. It's it's weird. Um, you can. We're also at dndestinyinfo on Twitter. If you just Google Dungeons and Destiny, I think we're currently the top result because I think we are the only Dungeons and Destiny game. Yes, there are no other Dungeons and Destiny games. I mean, there's. There's other Destiny 5e conversions, but none of them are called Dungeons and Destiny. That was a working title, by the way. That was a working title. It was not supposed to be the final title. <laughs> we were supposed to come up with something better. We never did. Too bad. <laughs> but dndestinyproject.com, at dndestinyinfo on Twitter. I personally can be found at goodgamekitty at Twitter. I mostly just scream on twitter <laughs> it's just yeah, okay i'm sorry you're just gonna get a lot of screaming on twitter sometimes you just <laughs> scream it's that's my that's my stress relief these days screaming well and now that it's not all snowy out i go and i play pokemon go so that's nice oh, oh getting your yeah. exercise that's nice yeah. yeah getting those cotton candy mareeps yeah the cotton candy mareeps i just want to eat them <laughs> i bet they uh, taste delicious is that it did we Get everything. I think we got everything. Okay. All right, All right cool. Uh everybody Let's get go. out. Let's go try this game out. I'm gonna Bye.
Make good choices, everyone. Try not to die. <laughs> and remember to change it if you want to. It's our tagline. Music. Change it if you want to. Bonus Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray. Our logo and art are by Nino Studios. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK and is used under the Attribution Non-Commercial Creative Commons license. While listening to this uncommon podcast, any critical hit against you becomes a normal hit. We'll see you next time.